0: Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt K.O. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt K.O. Free, impartial Mm. advice on all your debt.
1: Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones? No, but love them both they're both a massive part of my uh, growing up and watching boxing over the years so I just love them both and if they're both happy I just hope they enjoy it and that they're both healthy
0: you haven't got like a pick for the fight as such
1: how many rounds are over I don't even know what ounce gloves they're wearing do you alright I'm gonna if I had to and I don't want to if I had to I'll go with Mike why he can hit, man. He can he can whack. You know, and they're both they're both older dudes. Um, so I think either Mike by stoppage or Roy by points.
0: Would you ever do an exhibition against another coach? No. I reckon you can still have it, can't you? <laughs> Not
1: anymore. From the waist up. Oh, okay. So, oh, if we sat on chairs and did it, yeah, I'm in all day long. Yeah.
0: Do you know this is being labelled as like an exhibition this weekend? Do you think actually when they get in the ring, it's going to be like,
1: almost like, fuck the exhibition, let's just absolutely. have it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I grew up with, um, my two closest friends were Chris Oko and Gary Logan. And we all grew up in boxing together. And... Um, we were the closest of friends and we we'd spend all day every day together but when we sparred we tried to kill each other not occasionally every single time we sparred we tried to take each other's heads off and then immediately after the spar, we'd go and have pizza hut or something like that so no i do i think they'll i think they'll try and take each other apart
0: Be interesting uh, yeah so there's those two events on uh, bt sport this weekend. One's on box office and obviously Joyce Dubois is Free to air. We love a free to air show.
1: Yes we do. Big kudos to BT Sport and Frank for that one. Indeed. Is your
0: debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt.
2: me, Ali Drew, in the studio is newly turned professional Solomon Dakers, and trainer Don Charles. Guys, we are doing a live watch along tonight for the Daniel dubois Joe Joyce fight, but before we do, we just have another fight to talk about which is happening in the early hours of tomorrow morning in LA. It is the return of Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. They have a combined age of 105. They are returning to the ring. <laughs> Um, it's a it's an exhibition fight, so originally there was going to be no knockouts allowed, no winner, but now they have decided there is going to be a winner, there's going to be judges, knockouts are allowed. Um, there's no head guards, 12-ounce gloves. So what do you think of Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. returning to the ring?
3: For myself, it's, it's one of those, you know, some people, you want to let the old legends just leave it alone, leave it alone, but um, fair play, they might still have that fire to, you know, have a fight, so... Sometimes you got to see what happens, really. You know, I'm interested to see what happens at the end of the day, yeah.
2: Don, what do you think?
4: Yeah, again, like, um, just echoing on what um, Solomon had just said, um, these guys, there's nothing for them to prove to boxing fans, and I'm a fan. Um, quite sad in a way to, for whatever reasons they wanted to have this um, bout. Um, okay, it's an exhibition, fight has been built as um in the days um the era of muhammad is muhammad ali's era they had such things but it was purely exhibition uh they had their head guards on they had their groin guards on is so that they, they have such exhibition bouts which i think actually should be brought back for active boxers mm-hmm. to, to have but like i said um a bit mixed emotions of mainly because of their ages, right? You worked it out. Yeah. I didn't actually work it out uh, Yeah, that uh, amounts. What yeah. are you, Carol Vorderman? No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike Tyson's 54 Yeah, so um, and Roy Jones is you know, that's 12. alarming that the yeah. fact is I'm in my fifties and the 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 thought of them going to let's face it, however you dress it up, is they're still going to um, now they've allowed that knockouts can take place, um, you know, it's not safe, it's not safe, uh, it's not recommended, should I say, uh, for men at that age to 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 uh, engage in such um, um, competitions.
2: Yeah, because it's, it's going to be eight two-minute rounds, whether it goes the distance, we don't know. Mike, Mike Tyson's saying that he's just going to go straight. Absolutely, from, I heard from, that. Yeah, from the bell. <laughs> you
4: wouldn't expect anything, from, anything else from Mike.
2: <laughs> if there's any cuts, they're going to stop the fight, so as soon mm-hmm. as there's a cut. um. But yeah, knockouts apparently are allowed. Do you think that... I mean, it can't be, it's not money-driven, I presume. I mean, Mike Tyson's getting, I think, $10 million. Mm-hmm. Roy Jones Jr. is getting less than half of that, so he's mm-hmm. not getting a lot. I mean, it's still a lot, but not compared to yeah, Mike Tyson. Sure. Do you think it's money-driven? Do you think it's ego-driven? What do you think the reason for this is?
3: I think maybe a bit. I don't think it's money-driven, because I think they're both, they're both well off now. I know I know Tyson's lost a lot of money, but I think he's got a lot of money back now. He's doing the, um, the, the cannabis farming and that, so he's got money. Think it's a bit of ego and you know with them both being from the same era it's one of those you know let me just put my stamp on that error again you know one last time sort of thing so it maybe could could be down to the ego I think
2: mm. What were you Tom?
4: again I will have to echo that um, a, a bit of both Um, again when you uh, both fighters legends um, it's I think it's more uh, money-driven than anything because when you have a certain lifestyle, um, they're used to a certain lifestyle, and you know, ten million dollars in the bank account uh, next day—it's uh, a nice sum of money to, yeah. to appear in your bank account. So I think it's more money than 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 than, than anything, which is quite sad. You'd
2: think there'd be, yeah. I mean, there's Mike Tyson's got a lot of avenues of making money. Yeah, you know, he's yeah, done yeah. films and all sorts. So it is crazy. That, but it's—I think it has whether it started the trends, I'm not sure, but there's quite a lot of other fighters saying they want to come out of retirement as well. Exactly. Like Oscar yeah. De La Hoya is saying exactly. he wants to so, take on Triple mm. G. There's there's a, quite a few. So it's it, do you think <laughs> yeah. it's going to start a sort of worrying trend?
3: It, it could it could do. I think if it if there's a good reaction from it, you know, a lot of people are going to tune in, and everyone's going to want a slice of that pie. You know, like okay, Tyson's got ten mil. I'll have a fight. You know, even on retired like De La Hoya, it's a, it's millions in the bank, and you know, it's not going to be too. They're not coming back to fight active fighters. They might be fighting, you know, another legend who's the same age, but you don't know. I hope they don't come back. Like you said, De La Hoya might come back and fight Golovkin. It's silly. And hope whoever Ouch. the powers are, just don't let that happen yeah. because yeah. it's one of the most destructive punches of the modern era. And De La is an old, an older uh, lightweight welterweight, you know, you don't want to see that happen, so... We'll have to wait and see. I think. I hope. I hope not. Really, to be honest, there might be some sense somewhere down the line that it don't happen.
2: Yeah, because I think the general consensus of people is that they don't want to see it. Like they don't think it's safe. They don't. They don't like the idea of it. It's also legends that could potentially then ruin their sort of reputation. You know, of everyone thinks of Mike Tyson as this great guy. You know, great fighter. But is you know, do you think that it could then sort of ruin their legacy a little bit if they say? Obviously, I think one of them probably will get knocked out. I don't think it's probably going to go the distance. So do you think that that could ruin their sort of legacy?
4: Um, When I say ruin, not to a certain um, extent. Um, To a certain extent should I say yes, but really and truly, I don't think anything Tyson or Roy Jones does now, in my eyes as a fan, would change Mm -hmm. what I, how high I hold them, uh, uh, what they've already achieved, their legacy. Obviously, if they're carrying offending by doing such Mm things, then perhaps yeah, but, as a one-off, I hope this is a one-off. Yeah. I hope, like we said earlier on, it doesn't trigger of other ex-legends to yeah. come back to make a few quid. And no, um, I hope it doesn't trigger that. That's the only my only concern. That this could, if it's proved to be popular, um, apparently it's doing good numbers in terms of pre-pre-pre buys, yeah, pre, like yeah. you know. So, which is quite alarming. That it just shows you that people are thirsty for blood <laughs>
1: so,
4: yeah because yeah.
2: everyone i speak to don't like the idea of it but they're all gonna watch yeah everyone says oh, yeah. i will watch it though yeah they can't not yeah absolutely yeah.
1: You, yeah
2: but then that is the, the the worrying thing is will it set if whoever wins will they think actually yeah I've, i can keep going i can do more that's the coming legends come and, that's, you know, the only, face that's the me. only
4: thing this could trigger up, you know and i hope not because it is a young man's sport however you look at it how you dress it up and we are living in the modern times where people are taking more care of themselves nutritionist wise health wise but either way age you can't hide behind it when it comes to something as physical as this this is you're not playing football here you are the objective is to maim so for that reason i still say it's a young man's sport
3: yeah
2: well even though we might not like the idea of it um what are your predictions on the fights like how do you think it's going to go
4: i, I think
3: I can see Tyson stopping him. I I can't see Tyson. His, his style, he can only fight one way, and he won't be able to help himself. You know, when he, when someone's in front of him, he's gonna give it his all. He's gonna try and you know go for the kill, and I think um, you know Roy Jones, you know back in his day, obviously is one of the best ever. But I just don't think now at their age, I think Tyson's just gonna catch him on the whiskers, might catch him once or twice, but and the fight'll probably be over because at that age, you you can't take the punches. You can't take the punches anymore. I think Tyson's gonna you know, stop him. I think.
2: You don't see yourself still going at the age of 55? Oh man, I'm,
3: so, <laughs> I'm just I'm just still going at 27, you know?
2: So
4: <laughs> 50, I nah, would no
3: chance. Don, what's
2: your prediction? Yeah,
4: this, uh, again, it, if there's going to be, um, I personally don't see any stoppages here. Um, there'll be some kind of agreement, in my opinion. Mm. I suspect there will be some agreement. Um, it'll be it be like a watching a, a tough spa Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that's my opinion. Yeah. I may yeah. be totally wrong. Um, you I, got hope some that, inside knowledge. I hope that. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Seriously, it's my own um, uh, conclusion I've drawn to it. I don't believe there will be any knockouts, and I hope there isn't any knockouts mm. because at fifty, I'm like I said, I'm in my late fifties, and I know uh, when I'm doing pad work, and one of my uh, boxes accidentally missed the pad and, and hit me. I know the effect. It takes me the next day. I'm still feeling the effects of it. So your punch resistance goes. Roy Jones in the recent times uh, has been knocked out quite a few times uh, consecutively. Yeah. Okay. So um, he's not a natural heavyweight. There's a lot of factors here. Mike only knows one way. Um, are you Mike Tyson? He will go out there like he's already said. It. I'm just gonna go at him. Right. Okay. It could be fight talk to get people to buy the fight. It could be, but. I believe him <laughs> all right yeah. so um I, I'm hoping that there isn't any knockouts but mm. obviously if anyone will knock knock anybody out it will be Iron Mike inflicting them pain
2: <laughs> yeah I do th- I would like to think there's no knockouts but I do think that mm. that Mike Tyson mm. may not because he, he sort of he does even if there's people have said maybe don't don't knock out you don't, my, instincts. he doesn't really listen, Instincts, he? yeah, inst- a fighter's he instincts, you don't lose and that, and yeah, the
4: fighter's <laughs> instincts, you know, you, 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 dark as you're a current um, yeah. young man, you know, and even in sparring, the coach will set you, guys, technical sparring, dah, da, da, da. yeah. next minute, the other opposition hits yeah. you harder, you're yeah. going to retaliate. You take one, you want Natu- to give it yeah, back. Yeah, yeah naturally, yeah, exactly. it's a natural instinct, it's not, it yeah. might not plan, Roy might clip him with a lovely left hook, might goes really? <laughs> here's my exactly, right hand exactly. over right hand bam yeah. you know so I think it's going to be one of those things even in sparring like I said when the coaches have advised the, instructed the boxers mm-hmm. um, do it technical sparring and it always ends up into the best spar they want to kill each other yeah. because yeah. it takes one shot to trigger it off
2: yeah, well it'll be interesting to see what happens but guys make sure you stay tuned we are doing a live watch along for the Daniel Dubois Joe Joyce fight which is finally <laughs> happening tonight so make sure you stay tuned and we'll see you for that <laughs>
5: There's no more intellectual mileage in talking about Deontay Wilder's mental implosion following his defeat to Tyson Fury or the mental implosion of his fans. At this stage, it's just all about entertainment. (laughs) I make these videos to amuse myself and hopefully amuse some of you guys as well. But the latest speculation, let's be a little bit respectful to them, and call it speculation, but the latest speculation from Wilder's fans is that JDs may actually be the one who spiked Deontay Wilder's water. Now, I do not believe that Deontay Wilder was spiked at all, but again, these people are running with this narrative. Now, the reason that they've now moved from Breland to JDs is because some footage, you know, one of these geniuses (laughs) has, uh, been combing through the fight footage of that rematch. And they spotted JD's dropping something onto the canvas as he was leaving the ring between rounds, right? He was tending to Deontay Wilder, wiping his face with a towel, doing what cornermen do. And then as, as he left the ring, he dropped something on the canvas, something that was white. They've zoomed in, they've looked at it, but it's very blurry because when you zoom in that much, obviously the picture quality becomes degraded. He drops something white onto the canvas and then he takes it off the canvas. Now for people to find that instantly suspicious, (laughs) you really are dealing with super casuals because anybody who knows anything about boxing, anybody who's got a boxing background will tell you that there are three substances that a corner man will have. One is water for the fighter to drink and to pour over the fighter's head. Two is Vaseline or some similar substance, you know, petroleum jelly. And the third one is adrenaline cream. Yes, that's right. Go look it up. Adrenaline cream. Adrenaline cream is applied to cuts. Deontay Wilder in a fight. Guess what? He was cut. So it makes sense that JD's would have the adrenaline cream, (laughs) right? Which usually comes in a little tube. He would have the adrenaline cream on him to apply to the cup. And then when he gets out of the ring, he drops the the tube of adrenaline cream. Oops, I better pick it back up and leave the ring. Yes, adrenaline cream has been used in boxing by cornermen perfectly legally for decades i'm not sure when it was originally introduced but they were certainly using it back in the 90s at least the 90s i'm sure they were using it in the 80s maybe the 70s as well but it's been around for a very very long time and it's it's standard issue for cornermen to have adrenaline cream little tubes of adrenaline cream so again (laughs) you really gotta laugh now can i completely dismiss the possibility of it being something else other than adrenaline cream. Well, I guess anything is possible, but the most likely explanation is that is all it all it is adrenaline cream. And because these people are all super casuals and they don't realize that adrenaline cream is something that cornermen regularly carry and use, they straight away jump into other conclusions because they they don't know. So yeah, that's my take on it. JD's drops adrenaline cream. Now, all of a sudden, he was part of the plot. Maybe he was conspiring with Mark Breland. Who knows? Both part of the plot to bring down Deontay Wilder. As I say, Wilder's fan base have mentally imploded, just like Deontay is himself. And knowing how foolish Deontay Wilder is, I wouldn't be surprised if he started to buy into this nonsense as well and started looking at JD's sideways and thinking, hang on, what was that substance? <laughs> I mean, he should know better because JD's will have applied adrenaline cream to Deontay Wilder's face or his ear, whatever, you know, area is caught. He would have done it before. Deontay should have been paying attention to know that he's done it before. But again, Deontay at this point is running away from reality so fast that nothing would surprise me anymore in terms of the level of delusion and psychosis. <laughs> so, Anyway, let me know what you guys think about it in the comments below. JD's supposedly now in on the plot to spike the Deontay Wilder. I've seen some other people say that, well, it could be Deontay Wilder cheating. And, you know, JD's giving him some kind of performance enhancing substance or JD's giving him something else. To be honest, I think people who are saying that are just trying to troll the Wilder fans more than anything. Because realistically, as I say, it's probably just adrenaline cream. (laughs) Let me know what you guys think in the comments. If you'd like to access all my boxing content advert free and enjoy the convenience of listening via a podcast app with the option to download in high quality MP3, then consider joining me on Patreon. In addition to the aforementioned perks, you'll also gain access to exclusive weekly live stream Q&A sessions and hangouts, as well as uncensored, no holds barred uploads, which are too blue for YouTube. This includes my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series just head on over to my Patreon page and select the tier called Hatman Boxing Extra. There's no contract, there's no commitment, it's only £2.50 a month, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of hardcore boxing enthusiasts by signing up with me here on Patreon today.
1: He's dangerous. He's got dynamite in both fists.
4: This is a big fight for boxing fans all around the world. Uh, How to exploit Joe's um, weaknesses and and recognise his strengths.
2: Frank Warren suggested that the winner of this fight will go on.
6: Danny Flexen here, four seconds out, delighted to be joined by. Uh, soon to be in uh, eliminator for the WBA lightweight title,
7: James Tennyson. James, how you doing? Not too bad. I am. I'm all good. I'm just sipping my wee coffee here before I head the trainer.
6: It's good to see you hard at it. Obviously, big fight coming up against Josh O'Reilly, uh, December the fourth, so next week. Um, although this may go out next week, so I probably shouldn't have said that. We'll see. Uh, but <laughs> but Josh O'Reilly, unbeaten, Canadian. Um, I believe he's flying over this weekend. Um, yep. Do you know much about him? Have you been able to see much footage of him so far?
7: Um, I haven't. To be honest, I ha- Danny, I haven't watched much. I've um, I haven't really watched much footage of him. Do you know what Tony and um Tony and Mark they've watched quite a bit of footage of him. Um, Tony obviously set his game plans and stuff like that. So Tony just t- Tony had a wee watch at him and then um, we got to work.
6: And a lot of people previously may have queried why you relinquished a British lightweight title straight after having won it. But does this kind of answer all those questions now and a chance to get yourself in position for that WBA title?
7: Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge opportunity for me. You know, one that one that I couldn't turn down. You know, it's the sort of opportunities that I want. Um, Having obviously fought for World Health before, four. So, you know, it was a no-brainer for me to give the, to give the, the British title up the move on for, for an eliminator.
6: Josh O'Reilly's unbeaten. I think he's 16-0, and uh, obviously coming with ambitions of his own. When you look a little bit deeper, it seems like you've got a fair few advantages. You've certainly been in with the better opposition. You've beaten the better opposition. You fought more recently. You're only out in August. I think he's been out for nearly a year now, and it just seems that even though he's older than you, you've got a wealth of experience that he doesn't have.
7: Yeah, that's you know that's one way you can look at it. Um, you know, of of suggests everything you just said. You know, with um with my opposition opponents and stuff um. But, you know, I'm not looking at it like that. You know, I'm taking it as, um, as I do every other fight. You know, this is my, my biggest fight to date. You know, the, the opportunities that lie in front of me, you know, they're huge. So I can't, take this, I can't take this fight lately at all. Do
6: you ever kind of have to pinch yourself? Because even when I look at your record, and we, we talk quite regularly, so I'm obviously always having a quick check-up to make sure I haven't missed anything. And you're still only 27 years old. And you've, you've been at three different weight divisions. You've fought for a world title. You're almost in contention for another one. You've packed a lot into to a relatively short career so
7: far. Yeah, you could you could say so. You know, um, a few people actually said they want to see the photo of me with all my belts. You know, they says they didn't realize exactly what I'd done and how many belts I'd lifted along the way. And yeah. you know, to be honest, I'm just I'm enjoying myself. I'm I'm having the time of my life, darling. You know, I can't complain at all. I'm living. I'm loving every minute of it.
6: How do you feel at lightweight just within yourself compared to the other two weights you competed at previously? Obviously the record speaks for itself. You're on a run of stoppage wins since you've moved up. That's, that's very impressive. But how do you feel?
7: I feel great. You know, I feel it's the best that I've ever felt, um, you know, not doing crazy cuts, you know, I feel absolutely brilliant. You know, I'm walking about close to the weight, you know, comfortable and I'm, I'm not killing myself to do the weight. So, you know, it makes a huge, huge difference. You know, I'm, and even like that, I'm a heck of a lot happier too. I haven't just been able to, been able to enjoy like proper, eating properly. You know, like before it'd been going, I'd more or less been going through stages of starvation. At times, you know what I mean. You know, I'm enjoying. I'm, I'm eating proper. I'm drinking proper. And you know, it makes it a huge difference.
6: And how do you feel in terms of the punching power? Because you've always been a puncher, no matter what weight you've competed at. But up at lightweight, are, do you feel you're hitting harder because you're not draining yourself as much?
7: Um, you could say so, you know, for for me, you know, I do I feel I feel a bit stronger, you know, sharper and stuff with the weight, but you know, I just like you say, you know, I've always been known for my punch by. you know, I just go out and I just I just put on uh I just go out and be myself, you know, and you know, the the, the knockouts they seem to come.
6: Now, although the O'Reilly fight's only just been announced to um, the public and to the media how long have you known that either it was likely or that it was you know most the biggest chance was going to be him
7: yeah i've, I've had I've, I've i've known for a few weeks now you know a good few weeks you know of more we've, we've, we've been training away we've been sparring for lineup your offer no no, no we all right. <laughs> um Yeah, so i've been you know i've, I've had a better notice you know we knew we knew that it was coming up um We've been we've been training and sparring away for it. You know everything's been going amazing. You know we're very happy with how things have went.
6: Who who have you been sparring if you don't mind me asking?
7: We've been doing a lot of sparring down in Dublin with um in the Celtic Warriors gym with oh, yeah. um Jesus and Nalo O'Connor. You know they're two two great lads. You know I've been getting some unbelievable rounds with them. I've um, done a few rounds with um, uh, my with mate and Paul Hyland as well. You know with the the rounds have been getting have been great like.
6: How do you feel being on the cusp of, of world class at lightweight? Because most people would agree it's the most exciting division in boxing worldwide at the moment.
7: Absolutely, you know, it's, I'm 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 over the moon to be able to to have an opportunity to to you know to put myself right up at the the face of the lightweight division, and you know it's it's red hot at the minute. You know, i say uh, you could you could probably say you know it's the hottest division out there at the minute, and to be a part of it. And to pop myself up in, in some big fights like that would be absolutely amazing. That's, you know, that's, that's my goal. And, you know, I believe, I, I believe that I can mix it up with them guys. Absolutely.
6: It's timing too as well, isn't it? Because everyone expects Teofimo Lopez will most likely move up to 140 pounds. If he does, then a the number of the belts become vacant as well. So you might not have to wait too long for a title shot if everything goes well against O'Reilly.
7: Yeah, you know, you could say so. Uh, Teofimo Lopez, you know, he's got the lightweight division tied up more or less. The minute, um, from what I've been hearing and seeing, you know, he's he's planning on moving up, and you know, I could open up a, a open up a big door for me, and you know, I could be my opportunity to to get in there, and you know, and I'm very very confident. You know, once my opportunity comes, you know, the time will be right, and you know, I'll be ready for it.
6: And with all those big names at lightweight, even if we accept uh, Lopez probably moving up, which are the ones that excite you the most in terms of future opponents?
7: Do you know what they're 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 all very big names out there at the minute. You know, each name up there. You know, they're all they're all huge names, and you know, any one of them. You know, every single one of them. I would um, I would I would jump at the opportunity to to show the ring with. You know, and you know that's the sort of like I said before. That's the sort of fights. You know, them that I'm in the game for. You know, I'm I'm in the game here to become. You know, I'm here to become world champion. You know, I'm not here to sell myself shorts, you know, it's big fights like that that I'm after.
6: What would it mean to you becoming a world champion? Because you've had an up and down career, like you said, you have in the time of your life at the moment, but there have been setbacks in the past, albeit at other weights. What would it mean to you to finally reach that mountaintop, having overcome adversity?
7: Well, you know, that would be, you know, for the amount that I'm enjoying my career and I'm having a time of life, you know, that would be the icing on the cake, you know. As big as it gets, you know, becoming a world champion and it's every fighter's dream. You know, it's it's, it's certainly a dream of mine. You know, a big a dream come true. You know, I've been in, in boxing twenty years now. You know, so um, it would be twenty years well worth it if, if I can I can claim up that ladder and become world champion.
6: And do you think you'll embrace the extra level of spotlight that comes with it? I know you don't love doing interviews and so on you know not yeah. as much as you do getting in the gym and doing what your actual job is but do you think you'll you'll learn to love the fame a bit more
7: yeah maybe you could say so you know like, I'm, I'm, I've, I, as you know yourself you know quite I don't really say too much you know but I love the the training and the fighting side of things you know I'm absolutely crazy in love with, with that side of the sport Um, but when, when it comes to the interviews and stuff, and stuff you know I'm slightly getting the hang of it but you know once once you hit that sort of that level on the sport, you know, it's something that you just have to get used to in a way.
6: And before I let you go, it's not directly related to you, but you relinquished that British title. It's um, Liam Walsh against Paul Hyland Jr. for the vacant belt um, whenever that gets yeah. arranged. Who, who do you fancy in that one? How do you see it panning out?
7: Um, you know, listen, I think the N2 are going to be a great fight and I think it's going to be a great battle for for the British title, but, you know, Paul Hyland's my, my stable You know, I'm rooting for him. You know, i love to see him do it. I know winning that Uh, British tail you know it's been a big goal and ambition of his so you know I'd love to really see him to go out there and capture that title. absolutely
6: Great stuff well I really appreciate your time have a good training session obviously and uh, we'll look forward to watching you in action hopefully get another big win on December the 4th
7: Thank you very much Danny cheers appreciate it man Cheers James take care Thank you boy cheers Bye -bye. bye bye
8: Chris, thank you so much for talking to us here at BT Sport. And first off, how are you doing?
9: I'm doing great. Um, it's been a very fun and eye-opening experience mm-hmm. um, these last few months being with Roy. Getting to this stage a day before the big fight—it's been—it's been fun, and I can't wait to see what we've been working on. I can't wait to see that. In the ring tomorrow.
8: Have you seen any change in his mindset, mentality, mood, any of those things as we get to this point? Um,
9: I, you know, yeah, I've been with him since February, uh, and I would say once the fight was announced, there was definitely, there was definitely more of an aura around him. Um, he had a little bit more pep in his step. He was more uh, focused and more intense in the gym, and of course, you have to be. You know, you're fighting Mike Tyson. Um, <clears throat> But uh, you know he's a veteran. He's he's uh, he's a legend in the game. So he's been through all of this before. He knows what to do and how to do it. So um, I got a lot of confidence in him.
8: I was going to say you've had the closest look at his training camp than anybody. How good is he still?
9: Listen, he is. uh, You know, he's a grandmaster. That's the only way I can describe his level of uh, of boxing ability and IQ. Yes, he is in his 50s, so uh, there is, you know, a difference in his in his um, athletic ability compared to when he was 25 or 30. But, you know, the speed is still there. The reflexes are still there. Um, the mindset is still there. And I think that's gonna play a big part in this. Um, who can keep their cool, who can preserve their energy longer because you know, at this age going eight rounds is not easy for anybody in their 50s so um, you know, I think it's going to come to who can pace themselves the best uh, if, 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 uh, if anybody goes out there and, 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 and just goes all out in the first few rounds they're going to blow themselves out and then they're not going to have anything left for the later rounds um, I think Roy is very disciplined in that area. And uh, I think that's where he's going to have most of his success in in the later rounds of the fight. Mm.
8: So you feel he still has that speed? Have you seen the left hooks in training? I know, I know <laughs>
9: he still has the speed. I watch him on the bags. I watch him on the uh, the to ceiling bag. I watch him on the pads. I watch him in sparring. He's still got it, man. You know. Does that it. surprise you? Uh, of course it does. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that. You know, you could still keep those types of reflexes at at his age. But you know he'll do things, and I'd be like, let me let me see that again, Roy. Like you know, sh- you go show me that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, very impressive. That's the thing though. Roy has never been out of the gym. Yeah. Um, you know he fought he fought two years ago, three years ago, um, and, and outside of that, you know he's always in the gym. If he's not in the gym, he's playing basketball. If he's not playing basketball, he's he cheat he's teaching and and training. His fighters, so he's always, boxing has always been a part of his life. Um, Mike, on the other hand, you know, 15 years completely out of the game, Um, not training, not living the life, drinking, gaining weight, Mm. um, you know, doing all the things he's known to, to have done. And, you know, 15 years of that takes a serious toll on your body. Yeah, you may, you, you, may, you may have been training really hard for two, three, four months. You may look in good shape, strong, feel strong, but that, that doesn't cancel out the 15 years that you've been doing what you've been doing. Um, whereas Roy for the last 15 years has been healthy, active, not, not drinking, not doing anything he shouldn't have been doing, um, and staying in shape. So that's where I get my confidence from. I just don't see how, <clears throat> Mike will be able to stay in there for eight rounds solid you know yeah and then today in the weigh-in we saw that um, Mike is only 10 pounds heavier when they faced off I thought I was going to see a big a big weight difference a big size difference but Roy is right there with him um,
8: does that give you more confidence in Roy
9: it really does yeah. it really does you know I thought I thought Mike was going to come in there really big and Look, you know, and 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 look much stronger than Roy, but they look very, very similar in, in their in their weight and size. Um, you know, that's something we worked on. A few days ago, we was in the gym. I was in the gym with Roy, and you know, we were. Um, I was copying Mike's side to side movement coming at him. You know, we would clinch and wrestle and, and grab and and. Uh, and that's a part of what we think Mike's going to try and do is is, uh, is is use his strength to kind of bully Roy. So you know we've we've been doing the wrestling and the grappling and getting used to him having to uh, you know use his weight to um, to deal with a guy who's trying to grab on him. But now seeing that they're so close in weight, I don't think that that's I don't think it's going to be a big a big problem for him. I think he's going to be able to handle anything that Mike does. Um, you know, as long as he doesn't get hit with a, with a big punch in the early rounds, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna do really well and, and, and even dominate this, uh, this, this exhibition.
8: When you put these two legends in that ring together, does the ego and the, the kind of like the athlete mentality kick in and they wanna knock each other out? Or have you spoke to Roy about this? Has he said there'd be some degree of holding back or?
9: They have to say that you can't knock each other out because it's, it's classed as an exhibition. Two eight-minute, eight two-minute uh, eight two rounds, but you—that's th- impossible to enforce. <laughs> You've got two guys, two legends, two icons. They're proud men. They—they—they've done, you know, they've done so much for the sport of boxing, and they want to go in there and they want to, and they want to, you know, impress for their fans, for themselves. Um, so that I just don't see how they, could, either of them, could could be looking to hold back. Mm. Or to not knock somebody out, you know, yeah. it may not be in the forefront of their mind to go out and just just knock them out straight away, but you know if there's an opportunity, if they see an opening, you better believe what <laughs> they're going to take it. Um, so that's what makes this so exciting, you know because it is two it is two fighters who you know are so important in the sport that we've all looked up to and, and studied and admired for for decades. Um, and now they're finally going to share a ring together. So uh, let's see what happens.
8: Has there been any degree, you knowing Roy personally now, of of fear that he could get hurt if, you know, Mike's the ferocious power that he has if he was to come out in those early rounds and deliver one of his devastating punches? Is there any fear in your mind that you're now your friend, your coach, could get hurt in this situation?
9: You know, you always have um, a degree of worry for somebody that you know personally when they go into a fight situation and obviously that's amplified when you know that they're in their 50s and you know they're not in their prime um, but I think it's a fair playing field you know mm-hmm. they're both the same age um, you know same size uh, this is boxing
8: Roy even said didn't he come out and say I'm willing to die in there Which would suggest that he's taking this very seriously. Uh,
9: Listen, I've (laughs) watched him. I watched him train. I watched him spar. You know, I've been with him for the last six, seven, eight months nonstop. He is—he's taking this deadly serious. There's no playing around with this. Um, You have to. Mm -hmm. Even if it wasn't Mike Tyson, even if it wasn't, uh, you know, somebody nobody knew, Mm -hmm. it's, it's still a fight. Anything can happen. You have to be as prepared as you can be.
8: And when the fight was first announced, uh, what was Roy's reaction? Did you see it in the press first? Did he tell you?
9: When it was finally official that the fight was going to happen, he was excited. He was happy. He was he was motivated again. You know, you don't lose that as a fighter. Even when you retire, you know, you always still want to. You always still want to be on that big stage. You want to always want to you know still show everybody that you're the man and you can fight and that you're strong. So and you know this is. Him getting another opportunity to uh, to go out there and perform for his fans and and for his legacy. So yeah, he was he was very happy, very excited, and and that's carried through all the uh, the whole training camp.
8: When when I listen to Roy Jones and you listen to him talk about training and technique, he's mesmerizing, isn't he? There's very much there's just the knowledge that comes out of his mouth. And if you could give us an insight into the mindset of Roy that you've experienced these last several months? You know, how would, how would you describe it? What, you know, or maybe a better way to say it is what's the biggest lesson you've learned?
9: A lot of people will say that Roy Jones was as amazing as he was because of his athletic ability, um, because of his speed, because of his power. But what they don't understand is the, the genius level boxing IQ that that man has. That's what made him who he is. That's what separated himself from every other fighter of his generation. Um, his understanding of the of the game, knowing when to do something, knowing when to attack, knowing when to to faint, knowing when to throw a punch, knowing when to back off. Um, he's just, he's studied the sport so deeply. He has such a deep understanding of it that that compared with his athletic ability made him one of the best ever. Um, and that's something that I've learned a lot from him over the last year, is is, um, is the mental aspect of the
8: game. So if you were to make some kind of prediction, you, we've talked about the 10 pound weight difference, you know, it's not, not too much different weight between them now, but if you were to say how you think it would go down, what would your prediction be?
9: Well, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would say that Mike is going to come out very strong in the early rounds. I think he's going to be throwing big punches. Um, I think he's going to be looking to impress his power and his will on Roy early on. Um, But I think that Roy's going to be able to weather that storm, weather the onslaught. And then I think from rounds three onwards, uh, Roy's speed, his his footwork, his boxing ability is going to take over and I think he's going to be able to dominate the fight. Um, I think he could even stop Mike if he wants to.